You are listening to episode number 22 of the Mind Body Academy podcast with Sarah Rose. This isn't an NBA. This is the NBA. This is the place for you to get coached and make health and happiness the business of how you get ahead in life. You get coached. Coached. This is the startup of you. You get coached. And now, your coach, Sarah Rose. What's up and welcome back to the podcast. How are you today? Let me ask you this, actually. How is your breath today? Yes, your breath. Is it contracted and kind of tight and short? Or is it long and fluid, nice and deep and strong and open, maybe expansive? So many of us are rushing about our days and it's like we have a baby chihuahua lodged in our chest. And it's like, (laughs) probably feels familiar to most of you. We're so much in a hurry that we don't even notice how we're holding our breath. And if it hasn't happened to you, you've definitely noticed it in someone else, like a boss or an overbearing salesperson, right? Stress has a way of constricting around the area of our chest, around all the areas in our bodies that are connected to our breath. And you know, our minds are like wandering puppies. Squirrel brain is definitely a thing. (laughs) And most of us run around all day trying to keep up with that puppy. It's like we're wearing the collar and it leaves us exhausted and barely out of breath an hour into our day. So meditation is one way we have to train the puppy to sit, stay, and heal. One of the very first lessons young monks are taught when they're sent off to monk school, when they're about five or six, and start to undergo their schooling, is breath awareness. So in Western cultures, we're taught our ABCs, and for them, they're taught about the breath. The reason for this is that your breath is the one thing that's with you your entire life. Your relationship to your breath will be a reflection of the quality of your life. That's why I ask about your breath. Most of you don't pay much attention to it unless you're like audibly panting in a workout class or at home right now, right? So the tendency is to notice it only in its absence. And that same recognition sets in in our own lives. You know, these really difficult moments where we go, oh, I'm not really living my life right now. And we're pretty much forced to step back from the work that we're doing in our lives to work on what we're doing with our lives. The more deeply anchored we are to the breath, the more connected we are to our lives in this present moment. That's why the symbolic aspect of the breath is life. It's the force that flows through us. It's the life force that flows through us and animates our body and being. 
The breath is also important because we can exert a limited but real control over it. We can speed it up. We can slow it way down. Breathing happens spontaneously like life, but the space we give ourselves to experience our lives in expands and contracts with the level of mind we bring to our lives. It's in that space that we experience the quality of our lives. Because the breath happens so automatically that we don't usually pay attention to it. And it's easy to forget that we can exert some conscious control over it. Think about it. When is the last time you took six conscious deep breaths? If you were to breathe in for five counts and out for five, six times, that's one conscious minute of breathing. And it's that same way with our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. We don't pay them much attention. They are the fabric of our lives, but we don't often think about what we're thinking about or think about what we're feeling or think about what we're doing. We just do all of those things and feel all of those things and think all of those things by default. When I first tell my clients that their thoughts and emotions are optional, that we exert some control over them, they usually tell me that they don't feel optional. And the reason that they don't feel optional is because we don't keep that space open between a trigger and a thought, feeling, or behavior. They collapse into one another so quickly and automatically that we don't see the interrelationship between whatever's going on, meaning our circumstance, and what we think feel or do so we don't pause to question it the way to keep that space open is through the breath the breath creates space in the mind space in the heart and space in our experience to witness what's really going on with us the space the breath holds open is really the space of choice to be consciously aware of our choices we need to create a pause. As an example of this, one thing I have my clients do to eat from inside their bodies instead of from inside their minds, where a whole lot of what I call storm eating or fog eating, which are really just patterns of unconscious eating, take place. Instead, I have them take six deep breaths before they eat, or sometimes just even one conscious breath. And if it's a meal, I'll have them do the breaths before eating. And then once again, I'll have them do it once they're done half their plate. And then again, when they're done another half of that, it allows them to stop eating when they're full. And for many people, it's a revelation that they don't have to finish their whole plate each time or that they don't need the extra food they were about to snack on. Sometimes just dropping in, connecting, being where we are, right? Often when we're in our minds, we take ourselves out of the direct experience of being where we are in our bodies, in our lives. We're off in some distant future or reliving the past. But how often do we come back to where we are, to reality? We're not going to be conscious of every single choice we make. We wouldn't be efficient <laughs> if we had to question every single one of our choices, right? To go in and reevaluate that. But when we notice an unintentional result in our lives, be it an outcome, a feeling, a behavior, or belief, 
we can take ourselves off of autopilot through the breath. And then we can just float there with our experience. Breathing is at the core of meditation for that reason. It's our tether back to the present moment. As we watch the breath during our meditation practice, the inhale, the pause at the top of the breath, the exhale, and the pause at the bottom of the breath, all of a sudden we notice all these moments where we feel the pull of a thought or the pull of an emotion or sensation or just the desire to get up and move that takes us away from the breath and away from what's actually happening in this moment. So we witness the mind contract away from the direct experience of the here and now. Each time we bring ourselves back to the breath is a moment of mindfulness. That is the meditation, to notice the mind drift and then come back to the breath. We're witnessing thoughts. We're witnessing sensations. We're witnessing the flow of emotions rise and fall around the breath. And as our practice deepens, our mind becomes more elastic and we can snap back to awareness of this moment more quickly. We can be more present and available for how we want to be in this moment. That elastic range expands the space between the trigger and the thought, between the trigger and what we do. It improves our responsiveness to our lives. So instead of scratching the itch, instead of reacting, we notice what happens to the thought, feeling, or desire when we breathe with it. What we start to recognize is the transient nature of our experience, the way things come over us, the way things happen, and then pass through. We have the direct experience of the expression, this too shall pass. It's like, oh, I don't have to do anything right now to fix or change what's happening. I can just be with it. I can just breathe with it. And when I'm allowing the experience, just witnessing it, and I'm not resisting it or avoiding it, simply paying attention creates the change I'm seeking. When we resist, we contract into the unpleasantness. And when we relax into it, there's a freedom to change without having to do any of the changing ourselves. It's so powerful. Breathing can be a profound healing experience. It's really one of the most elegant solutions we have. The edge of your breath can take you beyond your mental edge. It can take you deep. It helps you push past pain. It helps you clear physical toxicity and also emotional buildup and density. The most powerful part is that the breath knows where to go. You don't need to do anything to it other than to bring your attention to it. So the breath can be a healing portal into the pain space that allows the pain to be processed and it can be the pathway to peace and even a kind of blissful euphoria, just this place of expansion. The breath is just this bridge to higher states of consciousness. It's this air bridge that allows you to kind of float above your life and gain insight and perspective. 
but I also like to think of the upper and lower limit of the breath like a ceiling and a floor. So most of us, when we're engaged in our daily lives, we have a short breath. And that gap between the ceiling and the floor is going to squeeze the amount of consciousness, the level of mind that we can exercise in any given moment. When we deepen our breath, all of a sudden, our consciousness can start lifting. And all this inner space opens up, and we have more room to witness what's in the room with us, what we're carrying with us in our lives, all our thoughts, our emotions, and desires that are being stirred up by what's going on. We can see what's there. The breath gives us the space to walk into the mind and declutter some of what might be present with us and shift the ceiling of our potential. We're able to open that up. We're releasing all of this pent-up density. You know, our physical bodies are the storehouses of our emotional bodies, and that's really what we're protecting when we're walking through our lives kind of guarded and armored, kind of defensive. The breath blows through every crack in that armor. We learn really young, you get a cut and the body takes care of the healing. But these emotional cuts and tears to the psyche, we can carry with us our entire lives. The breath allows us to excavate that emotional wounding so we can release it. It's like the power of that exhale breath, just that soothing breathing all the way to the bottom of our lungs, all out, creating a clearing. The access is the breath. We need the breath to guide us there and to create that clearing, to oxygenate that space. The breath allows us to feel our emotions all the way through so we're not so stopped by them, so that We don't feel ourselves at the effect of our emotions, but rather as also participating in the creation of emotions, of bringing us back to a conscious state that we've chosen for ourselves that's helpful and supportive. You might have noticed this clinging we have to our emotions. We spin them up to the level of our identity. Like, I am hurt, I am depressed, I am angry, I'm stressed out of my mind. That's why so many of us are unwilling to process the emotions that come up for us. You would have to be wrong about yourself to let the emotion go if it's not who you are. You would have to let go of who you think you are. But when you breathe into that sense of identification when we experience ourselves as separate from the emotion and simply recognize what emotion is there for us, separate from who we are, then all of a sudden, that becomes so much more workable. Does that make sense? We go through our lives terrified and running away from so many things. Our fear, our stress holds us back, right? We all know this to be true in different areas of our lives. It's not so much a matter of our physical survival and 
this day and age, but it's this emotional escapism, especially when things get hard. How often have you heard, I just don't want to get hurt? Probably at least once. Nobody gets out of this life unscathed, and between you and me, I think that's kind of the point. When you survive the emotion that can feel like a kind of death, like terror, grief, shame, loss, humiliation, rejection, depression, who you become on the other side of processing that emotion evolves you, gives you over to the experience of your life in a more meaningful way. And yet there's so much resistance to processing what's there for us, what's true, and just acknowledging the emotion that's there. To be willing to say, yes, there's some stress. And can I be with this? Most of us don't even recognize the opportunity that we have. The beauty, the pleasure, the people we encounter. Life is a pretty amazing game when you give yourself to it. When you play all out. Does that mean you're always going to be up in the score? No. Does that mean no one is going to walk by you, kick you in the shin just to get an unfair advantage or to discharge some of the emotions they're feeling onto you? No. Does that mean the game won't be rigged sometimes by a ref that's been bought off? No. Does that mean you shouldn't play? Of course not. Have you ever noticed how even when the person or team in last place so far behind that they can't even the score plays until the clock runs out why do you think that is is it to miraculously win sometimes but more often than not it's for the love and reverence and respect of the game when we learn to take a breath it's a whole new level of gameplay that we're able to bring to our lives where we volunteer to participate in our lives and to actively get back out there time and time again, even if it's challenging. Even if the breath is hard and labored and it feels like a struggle because it's our struggle and we're choosing to play the game versus living the game just by default, feeling like you've been thrown in there, that you have to play. Everything changes with the nature of our willingness to breathe our lives versus letting the breath just happen to us, of letting life just happen to us. So the breath and our emotions are in this interplay. And sometimes that can make it hard to stabilize the attention with the breath and that's important to acknowledge too sadness and grief especially have a relationship with the lungs and it's not uncommon for people who have chronically high levels of anxiety who learn breathing exercises to almost immediately start to weep and just have this deep emotional release There was this time that Max Strom, who's 
a mindfulness teacher who's taught breath work for over 20 years was speaking to a group of about 50 CEOs and one of them came running out after him after his talk and he said look I'm 58 years old and I've started having panic attacks for the first time in my life when you're a CEO having panic attacks doesn't work (laughs) you can't sit in a board meeting and suddenly feel your neck get stiff and a splitting headache come on and you want to run screaming out of the room he said I can't have this what should I do so Max said to him well when did these panic attacks start and he got kind of quiet and reflective and said six months ago (laughs) what question do you think Max followed up with after that. Yeah, what happened six months ago? My brother died. And you were close, Max said. And he said, yeah, very. And Max goes, and you're a workaholic, aren't you? And the guy half smirks and says, yeah. And after the funeral, you went straight back to work, didn't you? And he says, yes. So Max said, You don't have an anxiety issue. You don't have a panic attack issue. You have a grief issue. You haven't grieved the death of your brother. And sure enough, he hadn't. And once he began the breathing exercises he learned from Max, he could open to the grief, to the emotion that was there. And the breath provided that safe container in which to locate that grief and acknowledge it and create space around it so that it could be felt and experienced without taking over. So we're talking about the breath here and typically when we think about the breath, which we don't typically think about, (laughs) we think that there isn't much to think about it. But I think what you're starting to get so far is that there actually is quite a lot to think about and to work on because there are certain ways of breathing that can change how you feel internally about what's happening externally. The breath becomes this tool and it's with us always to change the nature of our relationship with our lives. Also, A lot of leading doctors in the world say the leading cause of disease is inflammation. And you can drop the inflammatory response in the body through the breath. Just breathing, expanding the belly, chest, head, all the way up (laughs) into your brain. And then when you get it all the way up, you just let it go. No force. And then you just find your natural rhythm of breathing in this way, breathing all the way to the top of your head and letting it go without any force, without trying. When you're doing this, you're oxygenating the body. The tissues in your body are going to go from being more acidic to being alkalinized through the breath. When your body is acidic, the body responds by taking the minerals out of your body and it uses it to buffer the acid and when you get these mineral deficiencies and that starts to you know have deleterious effects to the body 
it starts to break down the body. However, if you provide the body with the alkalinity through the breath, it doesn't need to pull the minerals out of your bones and out of your body to buffer the acid. Did you realize that your breath could do that? It's pretty awesome, right? All it takes is about 20 minutes. That's that sweet spot. But I always talk about how we don't need to go to the most perfect sweet spot. Sometimes it's just giving enough of a little dose of sweetness in the here and now. can be one conscious breath to one minute. There are many techniques that are all scientifically endorsed that we can get practiced using and creating time for. And I think it's powerful to know because a lot of us feel like we don't have time to stop and breathe. And yet we're still doing the breathing. It's just not a conscious breath, right? But the breath is a performance enhancer and it boosts your efficiency. So you get that time back many times over. You compress the time it takes to do things in because of the mental clarity and emotional flow that is there. It resets your nervous system and you feel good after. You show up for the things that you plan on doing from a completely different headspace. Certain meditation practices might involve some breath work like this, but mindfulness is not about breath control. And so I just wanted to clarify that. What we're doing during mindfulness is letting the breath bring the mind and body together. We're experiencing the body being breathed, just noticing. Where do we sense the breath? Is there a coolness in the nostrils, a swirling, tingling in the throat? Is it the spot right above the upper lip? The gentle rise and fall in the chest or belly? Or the way the breath pushes up beneath the collarbones and relaxes the shoulders back down? Just following that easy ebb and flow of the breath in and out, in and out. And the invitation is to let the breath open you. So the practice can be very simple. Just resting your attention wherever you sense the breath the most. The simple act of paying attention changes the nature of the experience without having to change the experience itself. If it's difficult to sense the breath, it can be helpful to place either a palm on the belly or the chest. And there can be something comforting about that. It's like a friendly gesture towards ourselves as if to say, I'm here, I'm here. As you get present to your breath, you'll notice the different forms of resistances that come. Pain, distraction, restlessness, mental commentary, a compelling storyline, and you get hooked. The, atten the attention that you placed on the breath drifts away. But each time you remember the breath, you anchor back into a sense of still being right here. All these other things arise like waves of the ocean around the breath. And it's as if you're the buoy tethered to the end of that anchor through the breath. So sometimes you get pulled under by a wave 
Sometimes you drift away. And other times, you have the impression of floating above it all or merging with the tides. Each of these experiences are experiences that are expressions of the meditation experience. So even if from the outside it can look like all we're doing is sitting there to meditate, but when you dip into the experience on the inside, when you sink beneath the surface, you're going to feel and experience all sorts of different things. So there's a lot happening, yet you can also feel how the breath is breathing itself in the midst of all of those things. That's why the most important thing to get practice doing through meditation is this return to the breath, just coming back. It can help to note the breath, meaning to have that mental whisper where you name it as the inhale, for example, inhaling as you're breathing in and exhaling as you're breathing out. Or as Thich Nhat Hanh, who is a leader in Buddhist thought, teaches simply recognizing breathing in, I know I'm breathing in, breathing out, I know I'm breathing out. And just having this gentle repetition, just a small percentage of the mind, like 10% of the mind on this mental whisper and the rest just being present for the breath being breathed for the moment to flow through you. So you can begin with a few breaths in a row, let's say three, and then maybe you can feel three more breaths. It's so powerful to keep it simple in the beginning. It doesn't need to be complicated or lengthy for it to have an immediate effect upon you simplicity is so key because sometimes something happens life happens and the intention to meditate goes out the window but the breath is like the breeze that blows back through that window it follows you wherever you go and sometimes just breathing a few mindful breaths as a way of collecting the attention when you feel thrown off or scatterbrained is the most immediate access to meditation on the go. The breath is a very easy focus point and it's always there with you. The reason I like to teach about the breath early in teaching mindfulness practices is because, let's be honest, if you're stressed out of your mind and I tell you to sit down, close your eyes and clear your mind, (laughs) what do you think is going to happen? It's not going to happen. It would be very anticlimactic. You would have this expectation of sitting down to do your meditation, to relax and unwind. And all of a sudden, you close your eyes and you tell yourself, okay, don't think about anything. Don't think about the thing that's been stressing you out. And then another voice would come, what thing? That thing. The thing. And then the moment you tell yourself not to think about the thing that has you stressed out, You think about the thing that has you stressed out. So it feels like game over. (laughs) When we learn about the breath first, it's not game over in our first round of meditation. Instead, each round of breath is another round of meditation. Each cycle of breath is there to diffuse some of the stress or to 
be with the stress differently. And the experience changes, not only moment to moment, but breath to breath. Because breathing with intention makes a difference right away, not just someday or with cumulative practice right now. And quite often, we need to create enough calming down before we come to sit down and meditate. And the breath is the mechanism through which we calm the nervous system. Breathing flips the rest and digest switch on. It slows us down, not only physically in our bodies, but also it slows the pace of our thoughts so that our awareness isn't crowded out. When we start by breathing, then we can sit and meditate. What I'm going to offer you now is a five-minute breathing exercise. The instructions will be kept very simple. So whenever you feel ready to you, just bringing yourself to sit upright in the posture of your choosing. Make sure your spine is long and strong. And just soften across the front of the body. Gently bring your hands to the side of your ribs. So not your hips, not the front of your ribs. Ladies, think bra strap. Men, think bra strap. (laughs) Hands right on the side of your ribs. And bring your focus onto your breathing. Wherever you are in the cycle of your breath, empty out completely. Breathing all out, all the way to the bottom of your lungs. Now breathe in through your nose, up into your chest, and expand your ribs out into the sides of your hands. And then exhale through your mouth, sit taller. Again, breathing in, sit taller, exhale. Inhaling even bigger, pressing those ribs out to the side, hold at the top, exhale. Good, now you can relax your hands onto your lap, but keep that awareness of the breath, not only moving up and down, in and out, but also the swirl of the breath out to the sides, a 360 breath. And if you feel comfortable to do so, gently bring your eyes to a close. Pull all your focus inward into the experience of the breath. What I'm gonna be teaching you is the four, seven, eight breath. It's a breathing technique that's been popularized by the father of functional medicine, Andrew Vail. So you inhale for four counts, you hold for seven, and you exhale for eight. Let's try that now. So, We'll be doing five cycles of breath together and start by breathing into the top of your head, breathing all the way up and exhale without force. Just let it go. Starting now for inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven, exhale, seven, six, five, four, three, two, One, again, two, three, four. Expand your ribs and hold. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Exhale, seven, 
six, five, four, three, two, one. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Exhale, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Exhale, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Last time, two, three, four. Hold, expand, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Exhale, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Relax. Quick breath in and out. Good. Now relax control of the breath. Let the breath be natural. And just resume your most relaxed state of breathing. Allow your attention to merge with the inflow and outflow of the breath. Opening up your ribs. Feeling that rising in your belly. The gentle lift and release through the chest and shoulders. And leave you in silence now for a few minutes. And just focus where the breath feels easiest. Focusing on your breath. The inhale and the exhale. And I'll guide you back out when it's time.
gradually let your attention resurface with the deepening of your breath coming back into your body noticing if your energy has calmed or changed if your breath feels softer more spacious and when you feel ready on an inhale opening your eyes notice how the ordinary can be transformed by what we so ordinarily overlook our breath meditation isn't much more complicated than staying connected to one mindful breath at a time maybe another and another and another each passing breath a gentle nudge from within that there is nothing that you have to do to live your breath is being breathed for you everything else is a choice breathe and be well i'll talk to you again very soon thanks for being an awesome listener of the podcast your health is your number one wealth asset and your body is the vehicle for you to make that contribution you want to make to the world step into a vision of success that includes health and happiness by joining my one-on-one coaching program where you'll work directly with me in think yourself slim to do just that or be part of the conversation in the genius body community over on facebook let's start a transformation today